This week on the show, a weekend that restored my faith in humanity. This is very dramatic. And also, we get to hear from you. I love it. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Hoffholtz. We, we hope, hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> thank you very much, Eve and Lucy. Those are my daughters at the beginning of the show. And thank you for being here on a brand new episode of Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. I am Eddie. This is a podcast that starts its life as a newsletter of which you can subscribe. Links are in the show notes. I'll just say that over and over again. But in this newsletter... I start by writing something that is on my mind, and it can be all over the map. Uh, It's a little hard to define. This week, it's a pair of vignettes about uh, some things that I experienced this weekend and how I process them. Sometimes we're going to talk very practically about like finances and the rise of AI, but either way, it's what I'm thinking about. And uh, I don't write hoping that you will get something out of it, but I know that in the past, hearing other people's stories has helped me. And so maybe sharing a bit about what's on my mind will help you or entertain you or just help you pass a couple minutes while you're out on a run. Either way, I'm glad you're here. So that's the first part of the show is I'll share that writing. And then the second part of the show is called The Free Skate. And as the name implies, it is a little bit of whatever. Uh, Sometimes it connects to the content. Today, it kind of doesn't. In that... um, We have a long-running opportunity, I guess, to send in voice messages. And as you know, I only check the voice messages maybe every few months, but I checked them. I found a lot of them, but I found two particularly that I wanted to share and have us here today. So you may hear your voice in just a few moments. I hope that doesn't weird you out. Weird you out if you're one of the two people. Given that little stutter that just happened, it is good to tell you that when I am finished writing... I just jam on the record button and do this in one big long take. I do that even with all its little hiccups and stuttering and stammers because I want to be able to give you my very realist words. And so I beg your pardon in advance for me having to repeat things, but I also hope that it lends to the authenticity. Oh my lord, it lends to the authenticity of the moment for us. Jeez Louise. Gosh, this is like the second week in a row I've done that. I'm now like cursed by the last line of the I stutter speech. Okay. Well, with that, here is what I wrote this week. Issue 33. Titled Cheer Squad. Do you know what your job is? On... Saturday, our family attended an event hosted by an organization called Breadcoin. It was an elegantly simple two-hour gathering they named a flash table. The way it worked was that Breadcoin arranged for a fancy food truck to set up shop in front of the Howard, a historic theater that everyone in the area knows about. In front of the Howard, Breadcoin volunteers arranged tables and chairs replete with proper tableware, crisp linens, tents for shade, and brand name drinks. Nothing communicates we're a charity quicker than an ice cold great value cola. And Breadcoin really isn't a charity, not at its core. It's an organization that strives to maintain the dignity of all people via connection and innovation. Saturday's idea was to host a fancy lunch for any person who found themselves around the area at that time. The main job for all of us who were there to help was essentially not to help. So, yeah, we were assigned small tasks like setting up tables and clearing dirty plates. 
but really, we were there to sit down and eat great food. This was my kind of gig. There were no talking points assigned, no religious conversions or forced story gathering, right? There was no need to talk about our housing, our financial and mental health. We didn't have to talk about our life situations. We were all there because free Asian fusion quesadillas in a beautiful location is lovely no matter where you are or who you are. I ended up sitting with two really kind guys. I don't remember their names, but I remember what they had for dessert. Guy on left, lemon tart. Guy on right, pecan tart. Pecan tart was pretty chatty and seemed to be in a kind of mental loop where every few minutes he'd repeat the same questions. Today, this meant pecan kept asking lemon tart about his girlfriend, who was wandering around and chatting up other tables. It was clear that Pecan was dialing in (laughs) on how serious they were, asking multiple times, how did you all meet? Online? Wow. You guys serious? How long have you been together? To which Lemon, who was wearing a Jesus is dope t-shirt and was as earnest as a person who unironically wears that t-shirt could possibly be, politely answered the questions about the woman he cared deeply about while I spectated with delight. Sipping on an ice-cold Diet Pepsi, I enjoyed the absolute hell out of that innocent, hilarious, real moment. There was no proselytizing, no us and them, no agenda, no charity. Just random people eating amazing food and talking crap, like actual friends do. On Sunday, the now famous, their words, Emily and Amy, ran with Eve in a Girls on the Run 5K. Girls on the Run is a national organization that quote from their own webpage, inspires girls of all abilities to strengthen confidence in other important life skills through dynamic, interactive lessons and physical activity. It's a beautiful mission that truly does care for the whole person, all under the umbrella of preparing for a 5K. However, unlike any 5K I've ever run or watched other people run, it wasn't about times and fancy running gear. It was about being together dancing to a variety of late 90s jams and celebrating every girl that made it to the event. I had assumed this would be a neighborhood 5K with 50 kids. In attendance was what seemed like every third to fifth grader in Northern Virginia. Thousands of preteens were stretching, applying glitter to their faces, and visiting the Happy Hair Station to install a critical pre-run ribbon and color streak. At the start-finish line, the energy shook the ground. You could feel the waves of excitement and jitters as they were instructed to turn to your neighbor and tell them they're a rock star. Nobody needed to tell them to yell it. They just did what came naturally. And then, when the hundreds of girls, running buddies, and coaches had all left the start, the MC turned to those of us who had been smart enough to outsource the running to others and said multiple times, and with a great deal of authority, by the way, the MC said, cheer squad, do you know what your job is? We don't stop cheering ever, ever, not until the last runner comes home. This is not a race. This is a time of community and dignity and encouragement. Cheer until it's over, which we did. We cheered and clapped and shouted every affirming thing we could think of. We cheered for kids who had decided to wear Crocs and kids who were whining to their chaperones that their little legs hurt. We cheered for the kids treating this like a Boston Marathon qualifying event and the little girl who was basically carried by her chaperone and didn't seem to have a clue that this was a 5K, but was so happy that someone was cheering for her. We clapped, cried, 
belted out Whitney Houston, cheered and cried some more as girl after girl and story after story passed us by. We cheered because of who these women were, innately, not because of who they proved to be. We cried because we could sense the lives under the glittery exterior, yet still we got to witness the pure joy of basking in love, adoration, and applause. This weekend, I was reminded of the dignity of humanity. From pecan tart, whose life I gathered wasn't easy, to lemon tart, who I could have easily dismissed for his shirt choice alone. From a man named Donald, who was tickled when Eve pointed out that they were wearing matching socks, to the fancy food truck chef, who was clearly moved by the flash table. From every little girl at the 5K, who was bouncing and joyful, even though you know they've experienced real hard life, to the running buddies, who just kept whispering affirmations and care. From the cheer squad, who was too lazy to run, but very happy to stay until the last little girl came home, to the actual last girl, who was not well. But today was just another kid with purple streaks in her hair. From me, to you, to everyone, we are all supposed to be here. And we are all loved, not because of anything we've done or could do, but simply because we exist. We are all yell it like a fourth grader, rock stars. Gracious. Got a little emotional there at the end. Well, uh, it was such a special weekend. Thanks for letting me share uh, the content with you. We're going to move now into the free skate section. I'll pull up the free skate music in a minute, but I wanted to share first uh, a message that I got from uh, a friend named Kylie. Now, here's what's wonky about the message thing. Um, when you leave a message, I can't contact you. There is no place to send an email or, you know, enter an email address. It's just a name and a voice message. And so for as much as I wanted to reply to Kylie personally and would have normally done that because I can't, the only way I can reply is to do exactly what I'm doing now. Um, but I also wanted us to hear Kylie's message because um, I know I write some of these and it's it's almost flippant. It's like, hey, here's a book I wrote. Or here's a thing I was thinking of, not a book I wrote, a book I read, or here's something I was thinking of. But then you get a response like the one we got from Kylie and realize that all of us, the people that are listening, the people that are creating this are all living lives. And so I wanted to share that with you. Um, this came a little bit after I wrote uh, issue 22, which was in f late February. I think this, I got the timeline right. That one was called Trail Markers. Um, but, but, but actually the second section of that newsletter, I just did a quick book review of a book that I, uh, liked a lot. The book was called from here to eternity, traveling the world to find the good death. Um, and I wrote a little bit, it actually wasn't a review, but I wrote, um, uh, kind of just my thoughts on it. Man, it was a book about how we handle death in America. And I, I was just sharing the book cause I thought it was a, um, a good read. Uh, but then I heard from Kylie. Hi, Eddie, it's Kylie here. Um, I was listening to your podcast on the trails and on the book that you read about um, different ways we celebrate uh, life and death. And I, just over three weeks ago, I lost my beautiful daughter to an asthma attack. She went into cardiac arrest and never came back. Um, and we celebrated her, her um, life very differently. I officiated it because as a mother, that was the last thing I was going to get to do. I was never going to get to see her wedding or have grandchildren with her. I just wanted to say that, yes, you made me laugh today and it's been a very dark place recently. So thank you. 
Well, uh, Kylie, I, I am certain I can speak for myself and for a lot of people who are listening to this right now and just saying that we are desperately crushed and sorry about your daughter. Um, and I am fairly blown away that you had the wherewithal and the courage and the just unwavering compassion that really only a parent could muster to selflessly care for her uh, in that way through your officiating. Um, I am just deeply sorry. I am grateful that you shared that with us. Um, and on a just much less important note, uh, just grateful that you listened to this silly show and that it something and it was funny. <laughs> what makes me a little self-conscious is there was nothing funny in the newsletter. So I'm wondering <laughs> what was funny, but let's not make this about me. Um, but Kylie, thank you for sharing that with me and thank you for allowing us to hear a bit of your story. Um, yeah. Hard turn. Um, yeah, hard turn. So here, how about this? I'll start the reading music. Does that make us feel hard turnish? Yeah, I don't know. So I got another message from. Oh my god, I said her name. No, hold on. I'm gonna go beep that out. So I got a message from someone whose name I know because they wrote it, and I know that this person knows that <laughs> that they uh like they might be sharing the message, but at the same time, you still feel the need to anonymize it a little bit because they talk about how they're kind of not feeling it at their current job and wanted some consideration of their their future job so here i'm gonna just bleep things out and we'll listen to the full message here we go hey eddie my name is i currently work for a nonprofit doing marketing and fundraising and to be honest i am pretty burnt out right now and just looking for something different looking for a new role in the marketing world so I've had a couple of interviews and I find that my marketing experience at a small nonprofit doesn't translate well to the corporate world. So I'm wondering if you have advice for maybe rewriting a resume, reframing how you talk about the nonprofit world, um, or ways to get experience in marketing um, that translate better into the corporate world. Thanks. Thank you, anonymous person, uh, for for the message. Um, there are a lot of people that I'm sure, and I will have better thoughts on this, but I, I will tell you as someone who has uh, switched in and out of kind of careers a bit and does live inside the marketing world, I can speak to a few things. Um, I think the first one is this, that I have never, ever gotten a job that was not predicated by someone knowing me there and uh, knowing the things that were outside of my resume that would be valuable. The adage, like, it's who you know, it may not be who you know. And I know people who have gotten great jobs based on resume alone. The problem is that is a harder fishing expedition. Uh, for me, it has always been, I mean, I, it, is, it is a piece at a time, like, right, I was on the, I, I came to IJM because I met someone who was at a church while I was a pastor. And so then I came to IJM and was on their church team and then joined their creative team. And because I was on their creative team, I met Eugene Cho and Eugene Cho then led to Bread for the World. Like there's, there's a line of people 
I have never gotten an interview. I have never gotten a call. I've never gotten anything outside of knowing someone. And so for me, the big way to make that leap in the marketing world is to have someone that is from the nonprofit to the for-profit world is to know someone in that world who can see the translation and help understand that when you say, uh, you know, when you say something in a little bit of the you know, NGO nonprofit parlance, how it, how it translates. So that's the first thing is the, the crazy networking and asking people for the connections, asking people to help. I am, uh, well, I'm not now cause I'm not applying for any jobs, but in the past I am just completely fearless about just asking folks like, Hey, I've applied here. Do you know someone here? Could you help? And the only way I've ever gotten a job is by them doing it. And I have done it for other people, which I am privileged to do. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is to look at your own resume like a marketer. Uh, if if you're writing in your organization's verbiage, strip it. Think through how the organization that you're going for would need to understand what it is you're trying to say. So if it's something like, uh, you know, raised a million dollars for a end of the year giving campaign, like that's very much an NGO speak and I know what you're saying and you know what you're saying. But the other way to say that in a resume that is completely truthful and honest, but also then translates to the for-profit world is, you know, let a marketing campaign that raised a million dollars. So, right, we don't have to use the words giving. We don't have to use some of those words. And it's not, it's not a, a, a removal of truth. It's just giving them what they need to understand because sometimes we get so locked in the bubble of the places that we're in. So we have to market ourselves. Um, and then to the last piece of your question, um, I was given great advice one time about a resume, and that is if you've done it once, it can go on a resume. Um, I definitely did not make up this advice, and I don't remember who. T- I think Brianne maybe told me that. Either way, um, if you've done it once, you it can go on a resume. And so for the areas that I feel like there might be a deficit in your resume, and having never looked at it, like you know, though, you can create those areas. Uh, and so I always am trying, not within my current role, but within previous roles to be thinking about, okay, not only is this helpful here, but if I took on this project or if I took on this little extra bit of work or if I just jumped in with the authority that I've been given in the role that I'm in and did this thing, I could add, you know, budgeting, like, you know, manage a budget underneath my resume, manage a team underneath my resume. Right. And so I try to for you, I would say, try to exploit every opportunity you can just to do it once so that you can throw it on your resume. So I hope that helps. And I hope uh, if other folks have better advice, share it on social, tag the show, I will share it. Uh, And hopefully anonymous person who you know who you are, uh, you are reading it because like everybody leaves a message, I just can't return contact you. So I hope you're listening. (laughs) Or I hope someone tells you that your message got on the show. And I hope it is helpful to you. All right, let's close things out. Okay, so if you want to leave your own message, I will check it every once in a while. Um, And uh, I really uh, love hearing from you and love sharing them on the show. Make sure if you leave it, you know I'm going to share it on the show or there's a good chance I'm going to share it on the show. So if there's anything anonymous, right, just tell me or don't tell me your name. Um, But uh, really am grateful and and, uh, again, just want to call out um, Kylie and her generosity in sharing a bit of her story with us and allowing us into um, the beautiful deep part of her life. Okay. 
little special announcement time. Maybe it's only special to me, but I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm off next week. There's going to be a bonus episode and next week, so there will still be a podcast, but uh, no newsletter next week. Need to give my brain a week. And then the week after, we're going to be starting uh, a series, a financial series. We're going to be talking about equity and taxes and why we spend and how we can save. I'm going to pull from some experts. I'm going to pull from my own knowledge, and I'm going to probably pull from Google. But (laughs) anyhow, I thought it'd be cool to do a series together. So that's going to be a four-week series talking about it. And then the the series, and then I'll take another break. And then the series after that, we're going to do like old school advice column. I have been really influenced by this book, Dear Sugar. Um, Well, it's Letters to Dear Sugar. I wrote about it last week. But uh, I just love advice columns. I love reading them, and I've gotten to write them a little bit in the past. So eddie at eddiekaufoltz.com the link is in the show notes if you have any questions uh financial questions anything just shoot them over like bring them on like email me and if you have any questions about anything it can be love life romance it doesn't have to be about me in fact i'm probably not going to answer questions about myself because i've spent 33 weeks talking about myself but if you have anything that you're just like thinking through you could use another brain on it i do not pretend to sit on some ivory tower here but i can think through it and i can write through it and we can open the questions up to the community. So, eddie at eddiecoffolds.com. Flood the email. I will do my best to reply to all of them. Okay, this show is getting way too long. As always, Uncle Jimmy, thank you so much for editing the newsletter. You can contact him to write for you, and you can pay him handsomely. And thank you, as always, for being here on Doing the Best We Can. Uh, Yeah, your contribution to the show makes this a show instead of just some sort of weird one-way dialogue with some random dude. All right, we're officially 22 minutes in. I bleeped myself twice. We've done the Lord's work today. Have a good rest of your week. See you next week on Doing the Best We Can.